0: Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning. Welcome to On The Pace on a Monday morning, the Monday morning of both Melbourne Cup and the Big Dance Week. I hope if you're heading to either, you enjoy them. For Harness Racing, it's a big week of a different type. We are in the crossover period. Saturday night, we had huge racing. Breeders Challenge, Leiden Smith Mile, racing out of Menangal. The focus today heads to a place you may never heard of called Kaikoura on the east coast of the South Island of New Zealand where they have the Kaikoura Cup as well as the Trotters Cup which sees horses like Sunday Sun and Bolt for Brilliance going around on a Monday afternoon. So that'll capture the harness racing industry's interest today. And of course we roll into next week which is New Zealand Cup week, which now has two Australian-trained reps. Rock and Roll Do, a majestic cruiser, even after his defeat at Menango on Saturday night, is now in New Zealand. He's in Auckland. He will fly to the South Island of New Zealand to Christchurch tomorrow, and he'll be set there for the Cup next Tuesday. We'll talk about those feature races coming up later, but a man who was one of the stars of the feature races out of Menangal on Saturday night was Jack Trainer, both as a trainer, excuse the pun, and a driver. Jack, the role continues, mate. You must be loving life. Good morning.
1: Yeah, good morning, Mick, and uh, thanks for having me on. It, um Yeah, as you said, everything's not only and rolling in a good direction. So, uh, yeah, I'm really happy with how things are going.
0: Let's talk about the big dance for the open class horses, the Len Smith Mile on Saturday night. You've got the catch drive on I Cast No Shadow. He got up, did the job in 148.8, and paid $18. Now, were the punters getting this wrong by letting him go round at that price, or was. There are a series of reasons around Honolulu Bay and Majestic Cruiser that enabled by Cast No Shadow to have the biggest moment of his career.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a great race to be a part of. Not only obviously just winning it, um, Mick, but just running those sort of sectionals and, and an action packed race like that. It's always good to be a part of. But he's um, it, been a great horse. Cast No Shadow since Jason's had him. He's sort of he's put in some really big runs. He, he was a bit luckless. Um, over the Queensland Carnival, when I drove him, he got locked away on the fence. Probably his only attempt at Grand Circuit racing. And he just had the perfect trip on, on Saturday night. And, um, you know, another credit to Jay Scrims, he just had him spot on on the night. So everything just worked out perfect for him.
0: What do you make of him heading forward? I mean, I'm sure you've spoken to Jason. He is now heading to New Zealand for Majestic Cruiser. Is this a horse who, who might head to the Inter Dominions, which are about three weeks away in Victoria?
1: Yeah, I think that is his um, next day, Mick. He, he'd be a great horse to in the Dominion. He gets around the 1,000-metre tracks well, and um, he's a, obviously being a stallion, he holds a lot of conditions, so the hard racing and the constant racing won't affect him at all. So, yeah, exciting times ahead, um, knowing that he's the sort of horse that will definitely be competitive at that level.
0: Earlier in the night, mate, you won the three-year-old Phillies final at the Breeders' Challenge for 150k with Captain Me. Nee. Again, big odds. Um, she had to beat some pretty good Phillies in Steno and Madrid, but were you surprised she ended up
1: 33-1? Yeah, I, I thought she was probably big in the market. Um, she just sort of kept blowing out, but in saying that too, Mick, it did look, before the race it looked awfully hard to beat a horse like Steno or Madrid just with their records and how classy they are but um, yeah I've sort of made it clear from the start with Captain Me she's always showed a lot of ability to be perfectly honest she just really didn't put in and probably wasn't trying 100% in her races and uh, all it took was just a change of bridle and a change of gear on her head and it's just made the world a difference and um, thank goodness that the race she decided to really try, try her hardest was um, the biggest race of her so far career. So it was a real big thrill to win that one and, and probably a little bit unexpected.
0: Speak to us about that for those people who don't spend every day around the horses. Uh, Jack, how can a change of bridle work? And, and what is it? Is it a different bit? Is it different eyewear on the bridle? What helps Captain Me so much?
1: Yeah, it's just the eye. We, uh, Mick, I, I used to always race her in an open bridle and just forever felt like she was travelling really good in all her runs, but when I'd ask, pull her out and ask her to, to sort of chase or run past horses, she just wouldn't do it, and you, you could sort of feel that she wasn't putting in 100%. So uh, I put a set of uh, block eyes I called on her with, with holes in them, which just sort of narrows her vision and, and sort of um, takes out any chance of her being able to look back and, and look around and... She did turn her into a different horse now. As soon as you pull her out, she, she chases and, um, you know, she really savages the line and obviously she can't look back at you and it's just made the world a difference and probably should have more, more of a horse six.
0: What do you do with a filly like her now? Because um, these days the three-, two-, four-year-old seasons are so compacted together, all these good races. What's she eligible for and where does she go?
2: Yeah, there's
1: not really a lot for her. Um, yeah, Meg, she is pretty as crown eligible, but I just had a look um yesterday, and she's only had about three or four weeks off over the space of 10 months since I've been training her, so she's actually going to go to the paddock today for a month and um probably try and bring her back for summer early next year. There's, there's not really a lot around, but she'll just sort of race now in the Metropolitan Mare's races and um the likes of that, so... I think um, Owner McHarvey's pretty happy moving forward now. She's, whatever she goes from now on in a bonus, they so would we'll have looked after her and, and just try and pick away at other races.
0: Also, on Saturday, you couldn't be there for this one because you sent um, Brave You Kelly, one of your stable stars, down to Melbourne for the Queen of the Pacific. She ran third, beaten by two really good mares in Ladies in Red and Tough Tilly. Um, it's been a remarkable campaign for her. She's done a super job. You must have been very proud of her, even though she was beaten by a horse who might simply be just better than her.
3: Yeah,
1: I think that is the case, Mick. I think um, yeah, it's no no discrediting to run third to such to good mares like that. And I was very proud of how she went. And as you said, she's, she's just done a great job since she's been here. U Kelly, her runs have been pretty much faultless, and. Um, Yeah, we give it a crack. Edge drove her absolutely perfectly. Give her every opportunity. And, um, yeah, I'm sure it's not going to be the first or the last time that those three mares clash. And I'm sure the next time that they probably meet will be the likes of a ladyship mile qualifiers in our backyard. So she's another one that's going to go out for a little spell today for another three or four weeks and hopefully um, tipping her out on a good note and um, she might come back even better again.
0: Okay, mate, we're racing... uh... Tomorrow we're heading to, to Wagga River Arena, so I presume you're not going up there to have a drive. So you have a, quite a couple of days heading up?
2: Yeah, it was
1: uh, quite good. I might actually head into Ramwick and, and watch the races from the other side of the fence tomorrow. Obviously Melbourne Cup Day, so I'm looking forward to um, having a Tuesday off and probably continue the celebrations of the weekend.
0: Mate, you were in the big dance, as I said, the big race on, on Saturday night, and you actually won it with I Cast No Shadow. But his stable mate, Majestic Cruiser, um, went around, had a wobble out of the gate, which probably wasn't totally uh, unpredictable from Barrier One over a mile. He has since gone to New Zealand. Now, like, he's a horse you know well, and you know the New Zealand form well. So, is it a situation where Majestic Cruiser can't win next week's New Zealand Cup, or should punters still stay solid with him, even after a couple of unplaced runs?
1: Well, one thing I've learned over the last year, back is you can just never, ever count whether of Jason Grimson's horses awesome out, no matter the preparation or the ups and downs that they may have had. So To say he can't win, I, I definitely wouldn't say he can't win. I, I would say he probably hasn't had the perfect preparation leading into the New Zealand Cup but um, if one man can pull something off like that it's Jay Scrimson and I'll be there live watching it and and, um, cheering him on so I I hope he can pull something out
0: You are heading across to New Zealand I believe on Sunday for for the week for those people listening to this who, who go to lots of big race meetings and they go to wonderful events like the Everest or they head out to Miracle Mile Night if they're harness racing fans how big a deal for you is New Zealand Cup week how big a deal is it and should it be on people's bucket list if they harness fans because I can say that as a New Zealander but what do you make of it I mean as someone who's who's lived on both sides of the Tasman
1: yeah it's it's definitely something probably being from New Zealand um like yourself make it something that you know it's it's our big dance for every year and it's something that I, I love being able to go back and um catching up with all friends and family and it, just the atmosphere is like something else. so I, I've obviously been able to be a part of Miracle Mile Carnivals and Inter-Dominion Carnivals here as well and I managed to get over to an elite lop in Sweden once to watch Todd Toddy in that drive and I think there's just something different about the New Zealand Cup it's, um, it's just a great day out, the racing is so close to the action and and the crowd, the crowd really makes a day of it. So, yeah, I'd recommend it to anybody that is considering doing something like that. And, um, yeah, it sure, it's a great week in the whole.
0: I know you're a good form judge and you, you keep your eye on the form in both countries. Majestic Cruiser, Rock and Roll Do, Australia, versus Self Assured, Copy That, a whole bunch of others, New Zealand. What do you make of it? Who do you think wins this thing next week? With still eight days, of course, until they hold it.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's um, an intriguing cup, isn't it? Because a, a lot of the horses, the better horses, have have had probably not the best preparations or a bit of a checkered prep. So, awfully hard to count Mark Purden out. He, he's a master trainer, and you'd expect if anyone can get one ready for the big day, it's him himself for sure. But um, yeah, right, to be honest, look, I quite like the way Copy that's going. He's he's doing some unbelievable things beating horses off nearly impossible marks so now that he'll be driven by probably New Zealand's best driver in Blair Orange so it'd be hard to look past him and um, yeah I think he'd be awfully hard to beat.
0: Mate we appreciate your time this morning Jack things are going so well for you you've been great on the radio over the last year Enjoy Randwick tomorrow we hope you survive that um, being on the other side of the fence for once and we'll see you New Zealand Cup week next week where you can maybe for once, um, not have to sit in the sulky? Oh, on that note, will you be bringing your driving gear at all? Is there any chance you get a drive?
1: No, no chance, Mick. Uh, I'm looking forward to being on the other side of the fence. Um, just catching up with some mates over a few cold beers, so I'll just leave the driving to the following week back at angle.
0: Mate, you've earned that. Good on you, Jack. Well done on the weekend, mate. Well done Saturday night.
1: Cool. thanks very much, mate.
0: Jack Trainer, who drove the winner of the Len Smith Mile, trained and drove the three-year-old Phillies Breeders Challenge winner and a young man on the up, a guy who's not as young but has a lot more wins on the board, about 5,000 of them, is Grant Dixon, and he also has the best three-year-old pacer, I believe, in Australasia in leap to fame, who every time he goes to the races gets more fans. Grant, congratulations on Saturday night. It's been a hell of a campaign um, you have had some pretty good horses in the past, but even you must marvel at the toughness of this leap to fame.
3: Yeah. Good morning, Mick. Yeah, me and are super, super happy with him, and yeah, sort of really proud of what he's achieved for the season.
0: For those people who didn't see him on Saturday night, came from second to the outside barrier, paced one forty nine, second last quarter and twenty six eight, and. Look, Grant, it was never going to be easy from out there, but he actually seems to like a dogfight. He actually seems to like it when he can look other horses in the eye and, and sort of intimidate them.
3: Yeah, I, um, I think he's just got a yeah, like he's got a great great will to win. Um, he seems to sort of you know he's probably second running from a probably sort bit of a, a break between races seems to be a little bit better too. And um, yeah, he's, he's just really you know. Just hasn't let us down at
0: all this season. Okay, that was the Breeders' Challenge final for $150,000. You had the option to go to the Breeders' Crown in Victoria instead. I believe that option's not being taken up, and the shoes will come off and the paddock beckons.
3: Yeah, we just thought, you know, I was interested to sort of sit down and thought about it. He's had a big year, it's been a long year for him. It'd just be, you know, you know, we'd, we'd hate to sort of go to the end where he, he got tired, got beat or, you know, you know, to succumbed to a little bit of an injury or something like that. So you know, we'll stop now, he's on a high, he's still fit and sound and got, we'll stop now um have to give a good rest in him. he will be um, ready for it next year because I think, you know, next year, late in the season, it's going to be pretty full on again for him. So...
0: You mentioned late in the season. He's the second favourite for with the TAB. tab dot com dot au for the Chariots of Fire, which is, has been Australia's best four-year-old pacing race. That's in mid-February. Is he any chance of turning up there, or not?
3: Oh, I think I, I, like I'd be at this point ninety percent sure that we're not going that way. I, I just thought, you know, if he happened to if he happened to win that, and then you'd be tempted to put him in the Miracle Mile. I just think it'd just be too early in his, in his career to be taking them horses on, you know, over that course at Menangal. So it's just sort of, he has a good rest now and then we can just bring him up steady. I'm happy enough to go through our own winner the carnival we'll on our own turf and then hopefully, you know, back down to the Eureka and then obviously after that, the end of the Minions up here too. And, um, obviously in I mean, the old season he'd be turning five so you would actually be going towards that as well so that's probably our you know, long term plans at this point
0: You mentioned the Eureka it's the new uh, invitation race the slot race for over $2 million is that the focal point of the season? because I believe this horse's owners Kevin and Kay Seymour have purchased a slot so therefore they wouldn't need to negotiate to get into the race and if they happen to win it um, outside your 15 or so percent, they get to take the rest home.
3: Yeah, well, that's um, not, not that the money's a um, big problem for you, but it'd be, a big, it'd be a big help to me and Tristan, don't worry. Um, yeah, that's I, don't, I
0: don't think it's a problem for Kevin Seymour either. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, so, you know, it'd just be nice to sort of, uh, you know, sort of have a good focus on that for our season. And, you know, we just can't expect to keep turning up every every feature race and you know I just know when it, when it went back down to Victoria you know he wouldn't have to go toe to toe with um, Captain Ravish and Rip and you know, there'd be a lot of others turning up there so it was going to be a super hard series as well so just can't keep going to the well you know month after month so we, we just look at the best on this to have a spell now
0: is the Eureka the race you want to win next season? I know the Inter-Dominions return back to Queensland, but uh, a new race at this level for a guy who's been a huge supporter of yours, is that the focal point of Leap to Fame's 2023?
3: Oh, that'd, that'd be the, uh, like the race we'd probably love to win with him. Um, but, you know, at the day, he's just, we just sort of keep taking him as we come and like, sort of pretty much pleased to win any, any group race we can with him, you know, like... That's for sure. It doesn't have to be the you know, Eureka or whatnot, just to be happy if he can keep competing at this high level and, and going as well as
0: you. You've been involved with a truly great horse, may, maybe the greatest of the Australian Pacers, definitely in the top five in everybody's list, and blacks are fake. What do you make of Leap to Fame? Is he just a really good three year old who might struggle as he gets older, or is he a horse? Who's just going to be plug him into the Grand Circuit and off he goes?
3: Um, Mick, we hope that he's going to, um, you know, step up to the next level. But, you know, until they, you know, mature a bit more, you, you really don't know until you really test the waters. Uh, at this point, he, he looks like he should. But, you know, after a hard three-year-old campaign, you don't know how they how they handle that down the track. You know, I think with these, with these good horses, the... Uh, National rating systems just no help form whatsoever, as far as you know, the development of as horses progress through their careers. It just throws them right in the deep end too early. But you know, the people that are in charge of it all don't seem to worry about that. But you know, hopefully, we'll just try and manage him the best, best we can and protect him the best we can as a four-year-old, and and and, and in hope that he turns into the you know as good as he can be.
0: The one thing you haven't had the opportunity to use with him that often, because of bad barrier draws or tactics, is gate speed. Most good horses develop gate speed at some stage. Will he have it, or will you be able to develop it when you need it?
3: Oh, look, I don't think he'll ever be a, a flyer off the machine. Uh like you said, he's probably never had a lot of draws where we've had to use it. Um, a lot of the draws. That he has had quite some good draws. Like, there was a good draw in the Victoria Cup, but I was still in a position where I didn't have to open him up the gate. We had a good draw in the New South Wales Derby, but, again, it was the same thing. I just got into a spot, so I didn't have to use him again. So well, i was kind of, in the day, like, you know, if he hasn't got brilliant gate speed, you know, I've got to try and do a bit of thinking and a run for him, because he certainly makes up for everything else. Every so, you know, I think I could deal with him not having super gate speed.
0: Grant there's some big numbers around your career Now I believe recently or a couple Of months ago it was up to, was it, was it 5,000 Career driving wins, is that the right number
3: Yeah Mick Yeah, We finally toppled over that we've, 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 As a driver I'm having probably the I've had as far as race wins But you know, it's as far as you know, winning a good race It's been probably best, the best season
0: as far as that When you rock up to at Redcliffe on a, on a Thursday and, and it's just the normal runaround type stuff, do you still enjoy it? Do, after you've been to the mountaintops you've been to with so many wonderful horses, do you still get motivated to go to what's not a high stake meeting on a Thursday? And if so, what does motivate you to do that?
3: Oh, I mean, I think, you know, you, at the end of the day, you still love driving a winner, no matter where it is or, or what horse it is. You know, you sort of just thoroughly enjoy all that part of it. Yeah, probably as I'm old and blowing up a bit. get a bit tired now, but um, yeah, I still like to enjoy going to whatever meet I go to. It. You have to get a winner. It sort of
0: keeps you in a mindset pretty good. All right, Grant. You're, you're a long way from retiring, but just, just between now and then, if it's 20 years away, what's the one race you haven't won you would like to win or if you've won it, you'd like to win again? If I said you could have a New Zealand Cup, you could have a Miracle Mile, you could have a Eureka. What's the race you would love to to add to the trophy cabinet?
3: Uh, New Zealand Cup.
0: Oh, wh- why is that?
3: Oh, I just think harness racing is still alive and well on these big feature race days and in New Zealand, and like it just looked, uh, you can sort of like even see the atmosphere on the. I've never been to a New Zealand Cup, but just that atmosphere that you see on the TV looks amazing, and it'd be great to be there and a part of it, let alone, you know, winning the, winning the New Zealand
0: Cup. OK. That bodes the obvious question. Is there any chance, not next year because the Inters are in Queensland, any chance Leap to Fame might turn up in a New Zealand Cup?
3: Oh, look, if he, um, I might qualify him next time in from a stand and see what he thinks of it. I'm sure it shouldn't be a problem to him because he's an intelligent horse. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to yeah one
0: day actually get over there with you know well mate it's uh, it's exciting it's exciting to have another great horse mate and we appreciate having your time i know you you don't love doing the radio interviews mate but five thousand wins in unfortunately people are going to keep bothering you and they're going to keep bothering you for another couple of seasons with leap to fame mate congratulations on a stellar 2022 with him before we let you go for our listeners who like to have a bet on the harness, but they don't know them very well, have you got a horse over the next week, whether it's Redcliffe, Albion Park? We'll take anything we can get, Grant. Have you got a horse we should be looking out for?
3: Uh, look, we're pretty happy with the way Kim's the trooper's worked back up He's probably, um, I think, almost lived in the shadows of Leek the Farm a bit, but he's been a good little horse for us, and he's just about to return to the track, so probably him.
0: Mate, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us this morning on Sky Sports Radio. No worries.
3: That's
0: Grant Dixon, the king of Queensland harness racing. He has an outstanding pacer and Leap to Fame. If you missed that name, uh, the horse he said to follow, it'll be pretty short, is Tim's A Trooper. Tim's A Trooper. What a heat of the New South Wales Derby back in February or march and he'll be one to follow around the queensland circuit that'll be mostly saturday nights at Albion park for him we've spoken a lot about the new zealand cup and kai Kura and all these places today because we're heading to a time where it's a massive carnival over in that part of the harness racing world with two australian reps one of them is rock and roll do mick stanley is his trainer and mick Thank you for joining us. Last Monday at Ashburton was less than perfect with the start where you had a gallop in the Ashburton Flying Stakes, but I thought the big horse was very good after. What did you make of Rock and Roll do?
2: Yeah, thanks, Nick. Um, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, look, he his run uh, itself for where he was was, was very good, but, um, yeah, obviously we, um, we missed the start a little bit. Um, probably partly um my fault i had him i had him probably too laid back and too casual and um he just sort of the start didn't go uh as anticipated from the the starter's orders and um yeah probably didn't have him um ready to go like i should have um so uh yeah i think uh we'll take plenty out of that um not only the horse but myself
0: and for that reason, I believe you'll head to the Cup Trial. So this isn't a race; it's actually just a trial at Addington on Wednesday to give him another standing start and try and get him more confident and awake behind the tapes.
2: Yeah, we'll definitely uh, be doing that, Nick. Um, you know we've we've had the tape out so many times at home, and he and he's handled that really well. He's always stepped into a pace, so um, it's probably. You know, we can do that as many times as we like, um, but he's, he's always done it well in that uh, environment. So, yeah, I just thought it was really important to get back to the trials there on Wednesday and, and have a field around him and, and have another go under those, um, those circumstances. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll head there on Wednesday and, and hopefully can experience a, a cleaner getaway and, and um, build on the experience for, for uh, Tuesday week.
0: I thought the one good thing about his gallop last week, Mick, was once the other horses had gone past him and he was in clear air, he wanted to come back down into a pace. So clearly it looked to me like a situation where he was a little bit claustrophobic there. As you said, he he probably wasn't really ready for it. And then once he worked out what had happened, he, he came back down into a pace, whereas a bigger issue would be if he galloped and kept on galloping.
2: Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point, Mick, and I, I sort of um, took that away from it also. Um, he didn't gallop because he got stirred up or didn't, didn't want to stand or, or any of those uh, things. So, yeah, the reason he sort of, as you said, he probably got caught on the hop a little bit because he was too casual. So, um, yeah, I think um, in saying that, I think if we can... As you as you said, if we can get him in a in a field again and just give him that little bit of experience with horses all around him, um, I'm I'm sure that um, I'm sure that we can we can improve a lot on what we did at Ashburton.
0: It's a fascinating um, situation when Australian horses come to New Zealand, or vice versa when they come the other way. And obviously, it's something we don't get to see either in greyhound racing very often, or we don't get to see in the gallops as much as we used to at the absolute top level. Now you're involved in it, how are you enjoying the experience and, and how do you start to rate these horses? Do you find yourself taking information out of each race and looking at a soul short and, and following a copy that, or for those who don't know, one off a 70 metre handicap on Friday night? Do you find you're now more aware of the Australasian open class scene around you because you're smack bang in the middle of it?
2: Uh, the experience has been amazing um, the people over here have been uh, absolutely brilliant in um, how they have welcomed us and, and um, all that sort of thing Nick but the as far as the racing I think when you you know I think even back home we, we always watch and follow these um, you know top line races in New Zealand anyway so you sort of feel like you you get it even from afar a little bit of a guide on them but um, you know to, to be able to go to uh, Ashburton... And um, miss away and circle the field. You know, it probably gave them, you know, conservative forty meter start and to circle the field and only to be beaten uh, six meters. Um, you know, when he was underdone against, you know, probably basically the cut field outside. Uh, copy that. I think just reassures us that, um, you know, if we can do things right and get a clean passage, that we we are going to be. Um, good enough to compete with the horses over here. So, I'll be coming early and sort of getting that little query out of your mind that, you know, how are you going to, um, you know, match up against the New Zealand horses probably um, was, was really good. So, now we can just concentrate on, on uh, tightening the screws and, and having, having him the best we can uh, for the main race.
0: May, a bit of a concern for you. Obviously, uh, your wife has remained at home looking after not only the kids, but the stable in Victoria. Now, it's a big day next week. There'll be 20,000 people there. Do you, do you have someone to help you with the shirt and tie combination? Do we need to get you on an Instagram account following GQ? Because we want you to look your best, Mick. But I know that the brains of the operation isn't going to be there. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, obviously staying here with um, with Cran Dalgetty, who is the fashion icon of New Zealand Cup Day, isn't he? So... Um you know, he's been out and about shopping for uh, what, uh, you know, we're all waiting to see what he comes up with. So I'm sure that um, there'll be plenty of, of advice uh, thrown that way. But, um, no, nah, look, we'll still... Uh, I've packed the, the suit from home, so we'll just go with the, uh, with the normal ensemble. And, um, yeah, we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll look sharp enough, but uh, without being Larry...
0: Well, mate, look on the bright side. If you win, you'll look sharp enough for sure holding that New Zealand Cup. We'll talk to you next Monday, Mick, because it's an exciting thing you're part of for you and Brendan James, the horse's owner. Um, good luck and the Cup trial, getting him away, and good luck with the final week of, a week of prep. As I said, we'll talk to you next Monday here on our show on Sky Sports Radio. Judy, thanks very
2: much, Mick.
0: McStanley Stanley is in New Zealand, um, also so is Jason Grimson with Majestic Cruiser. They are the one-two punch, New South Wales, Victoria, up against the New Zealanders in the Cup a week from tomorrow. It's Kaikoura Cup Day, that's a little tiny place you've never heard of, where they have whales. Yep, they've got whales in Kaikoura, because the racetrack is right up against the Pacific Ocean. If you get a chance to turn on Sky Television today, you'll see it, it's one of the more iconic and picturesque harness tracks in the world. They race there today, and that's headlined by the Kai Kura Cup for the Pacers and another one for the Trotters. In New South Wales, we hit the Goulburn today, so that's the local racing there, where local star trainer Brad Hewitt, of course, joined Fred on the show yesterday. He had a Group 1 winner on Saturday night and then tomorrow, we don't have our usual meeting out of Menangle, because it's Cup Day, obviously. Or well, if you live in Sydney, it's the Big Dance Day. So we race at Wagga tomorrow. So Wagga tomorrow night on the harness racing front. Things return to something like normal on Wednesday at Bathurst. Hope you've enjoyed On The Pace. Have a wonderful Melbourne Cup or the Big Dance Day tomorrow, depending on where you are punting. Brittany Graham will be back at 10.30 on Wednesday morning. And next Monday, On The Pace, we'll have a very strong interest in Cup Week in Christchurch and whether the Australians can take home one of the great trophies in the harness racing world. That's all On The Pace here on a Monday morning. Thanks for taking the time to listen in.